You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. What's going on, everybody? This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to episode 93, Three Ways to Maximize Your First Year on the Job. There are a lot of people in youth ministry looking for a job, especially post-COVID. And uh, when you finally get in a role, it can be overwhelming. Whether you're pretty new to youth ministry or even if you're a veteran, uh, the church that you're coming into has its own history, has its own things that it's been through, maybe some recent hardship, and certainly, depending on how long the last youth pastor was in that role. Um, There's been some mourning of that, and when you come in, everything's going to be fresh and new. And that baton handoff can be pretty awkward because 99% of the time, the last person isn't the one handing it to you, it's the leadership. And you have to spend time talking to people, getting to know people, figuring out what the rhythm of ministry is going to be for the church. So here are three great ways um, that you can adapt a little bit, but overall, just three really good approaches you can have that I think will maximize that first year of yours on the job. The first one is just being a champion of consistency. Um, You're not the last youth pastor. Relational separation is certainly worth mourning. Uh, you're not going to replace that last person in the role, so don't try. Just be yourself. Uh, change can feel like a, um, it's a six-letter word that can feel like a four-letter word um, for many of us. And when someone new comes into a role, whether it's the lead pastor, the youth pastor, um, really any kind of major upfront role in the church, people anticipate a lot of change, and they're usually right. Um, and that can be pretty disorienting, especially for teenagers who are used to um, a certain schedule and routine. Um, when someone new comes in, that's something new um, for them to navigate is getting to know the new person, but also they have to quickly get used to a new rhythm of ministry. And all of that change at once can be pretty jarring. So um, whatever the reason, quick and radical change for youth ministry and students can often be detrimental, um, even if you think what you're going to implement is better and you have experience with it and it's the right thing to do. Timing is everything. So, you know, imagine if you're headed to... um, Southern California with your students in in a van and um, you hop out and some new guy hops in and not only is the new guy saying, hey, we're going to go over here to Florida instead, um, but also they're someone different, right? So not only do you have a new person who's in charge and leading the way, but also the destination is completely different. The way you're going to get there is completely different. That's just an example of how jarring it can be for students. So preferably, 
you probably want to keep everything program-wise static for at least a school year. A semester at minimum, but certainly at least a school year. Um, This is mutually beneficial because you get to focus on getting to know students, leaders, parents, families, um, and getting really um, drawn into the culture of the church. And it'll be a win-win for everybody. When you prioritize consistency for your students, the only element of change they have to navigate is you. When everyone buys into who you are and they get to know you, they will follow your vision in a more healthy and understanding way. All right, so be the champion of consistency. That's the first thing. The second way to maximize your first year is to listen intently and respond authentically. You might think, well, that's just an ongoing thing that everyone should do all the time. True, I'm talking about a specific action that you take with your students, specifically your older students. So when you're new on the job, I think the best thing you can do with those older students, your juniors and seniors, is to purposefully and intentionally hear from them, draw out from them um, things that they appreciate about the ministry and where they want to see the ministry go, not only in their final years in the ministry, but moving forward. So they're also probably going to be the group that's least excited about this leadership change because they, in their minds, hey, the last person, the last youth pastor was going to guide me through uh, the rest of my time. And now for my last year or two is this other person I don't know, and it's going to feel weird and different and not be enjoyable. Their last year or two feels hijacked, right? So... um, I've seen several youth ministries where um, even if someone's been there for a while, but especially someone who's newer, come in and they just kind of write off the juniors and seniors, especially the seniors. It's like, you know what? I'm not their guy. Um, They can just show up if they want or do whatever, but I'm going to pour into the people who are going to be here for me. I understand a little bit of that, and I don't think any of that I don't think most of that is done maliciously, but I think that is such a bad move. Um, This is the group you can leverage to help your own standing and familiarity with the group and have purposeful ministry and investment in these students that, yes, you're not going to know for very long, but they've been there the longest, longer than the students behind them, right? And so they know the drill and they're the most rooted and invested. And it would be extremely foolish to not intentionally invest and leverage them for the ministry. So um, I think the first thing you should do with them is to have a meeting with them. Um, You can do it at the church. I think you should do it at someone's house um, and not your own. Have it be at a longtime youth family's house, somewhere that's hosted youth events before, somewhere that's very familiar for them, and invite them all. Um, I think you should also include parents and your volunteers. That might be a separate meeting. If you want, you can combine it all together. I would probably break it up into at least two different meetings, maybe your students and volunteers in one and your parents in another, um, however you want to handle that. 
and uh, give an intro to yourself. Well, one, provide food for sure. Um, two, when you kind of gather everyone together, uh, give an intro um, to who you are. Uh, you, you might have done that already with the whole group, but maybe go into more detail, take time for them to get kind of get to know you, maybe field some questions about who you are. Um, if you get any questions about where the ministry is going, defer those just for a little bit. Because what you're going to do next after introing yourself is ask those students um, what they have enjoyed about their youth ministry experience so far. Ask them about what legacy they would like to leave for the upcoming students. Ask them those two things. Bring a big, huge pad of paper up front, like like an easel, and write them out for everyone to see. And this is crucial. As you're fielding those, don't initially respond to their statements and try and answer it or add to it. Maybe add clarity for everyone to know, like, okay, I think this is what you mean, right? Is that what you mean? Great. Don't respond to it. Just let them fill all the content out so they can see it, right? In doing so, express how significant everyone in that room is to the ministry and that you want to partner with them while you're investing in them and continuing to teach them to show the rest of the ministry what's important, to help everyone remember what's important, and then ask them to join you in that partnership of like, let's make sure these last few years of the ministry for you are super valuable and super intentional for your own experience and for the experience of the students who are coming up behind you. Um, when you give students and maybe some volunteers who are the most resistant to your arrival, meaningful opportunities to influence and shape the ministry, you're showing them that you're their advocate, not just the person who's driving the bus. All right. So that's the second thing. Um, the third thing, uh, to do is anticipate failure and pushback. Again, this might seem like a no brainer. Um, and you might be young, energetic, and full of dreams. You might be a ministry veteran with proven success. You might be a combination of those. Regardless, you will still experience failure and pushback. Anticipate it with every event you plan, program you implement, and word you speak. Give yourself grace and show others that you don't take yourself too seriously. When you meet imperfections with dependence and success with humility, you will glorify your heavenly Father and model Christ for your ministry. Above all, don't give up. Ministry tempts us to do that amongst continued hardship. Cynicism and burnout are real. And as we're seeing, um, especially in and post-COVID, they're a lot more common than we want to admit. Uh, Surround yourself with people who who will encourage you, keep you accountable, and make you take all of your vacation time. Establish good, healthy rhythms for yourself to do at home um, during the week. Um, and make sure that you're plugged into a healthy community that's not um, immediately part of uh, your team. Um, and especially people like, like your neighbors. Um, believe it or not, people who aren't believers can provide a good source of community for you to not feel like you have to be turned 
have have your switch turned on to be able to but to perform, but really just kind of for people to get to know you. Um, all of those elements of healthy community um, is going to be good for you and your margin and how you approach your job. All right. So be a champion of consistency. Uh, listen intently and respond authentically, and anticipate failure and pushback. Students tend to believe that the best days are behind them when their leadership changes. Remind them that our hope in Christ tells us that the best is always yet to come. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it, and be sure to check out our website, youthministrymaverick.com. There, you can see a comprehensive list of our guests, their bio information, some organizations that can help you in your ministry, some articles I've published, and a store to help support the podcast. Also, we would love if you give us a review on Apple Podcasts, not just a rating, but a review. It helps our visibility, and we would really appreciate that. If you do leave us a review, take a screenshot of it and send it to me, and I will personally mail you a thank you card with some podcast swag that you can't get on the store. Well, that does it for today. Thanks again for listening. Please share this if it helps others that you know, and we hope that you've been encouraged by it. Until next time, adios.